0: Critics dismissed his literary and scientific ambitions as something incongruous and approaching the absurd. One bitter enemy, another professional adventurer whose expedition was eclipsed by Holman's, levelled a charge that took root in public perception. His sightlessness made genuine insight impossible. He might have been in Zanzibar, but how could the blind traveller claim to know Zanzibar? He was rarely doubted, his first-hand facts were unassailably accurate, but he was increasingly ignored. The fame diminished and curdled into ridicule, but Holman didn't slow down in the slightest. Impoverished, increasingly threadbare, and still in debilitating health, he kept to his solo travels, even as his works fell out of print and his new writings went unpublished. His few steadfast admirers lost track of him, presuming him dead in some distant corner of the globe. His true end came suddenly, in a scandalously unlikely corner of London, interrupting both his fervent work and plans for further voyages. Holman dreamed that future generations might appreciate his light work, but they weren't given the chance his eclectic collection of artefacts was scattered and discarded, his manuscripts destroyed or lost. If he could be said to have a monument at all, it was a brief biographical sketch in the Encyclopaedia Britannica, an entry that dwindled in subsequent editions. By 1910, it was a single paragraph. By 1960, it had disappeared altogether. My own journeys in Holman's faded footsteps began three years ago with a flash of turquoise. Like most writers who work self-sequestered in the halls of a library, I was in the habit of taking wander breaks. I'd weave idly through the aisles, pick out a book at random, and leaf through it for ten minutes or so before getting back to work. Usually it was the title that caught my eye. My life as a restaurant caring for your miniature donkey, but one afternoon I was drawn to a small book, more by its bright turquoise spine than its title, which was Eccentric Travellers. It was an aptly named book, with one important exception. Eccentric Travellers profiled seven wanderers of the 18th and 19th centuries, most indisputably crackpots. One moonlighted as an exorcist, Another brought back hoaxed specimens of fictional animals. But despite the fact that sightlessness hardly qualifies as an eccentricity, there was also a chapter on The Blind Traveller. Slim as it was, the volume had apparently needed some filling out. It was only a brief, frustratingly incomplete profile, but it was that incompleteness that drew me in. I launched a search for a book devoted to this singular individual, a search that started with adjacent shelves and continued to escalate over the course of several weeks until it was clear that no such book existed, not in any library, in any language. That single chapter in the little turquoise book was, I would discover, the most extensive writing on The Blind Traveller ever published. I managed to track down a few volumes of Holman's own writings, antiquarian rarities, but reading them only tantalized me further. His published work begins in 1819 and ends abruptly in 1832, leaving most of his life effectively veiled in silence. Even these surviving narratives are notably lacking in autobiographical detail. He does not explain his blindness, because it was an enigma even to himself the final symptom of a mysterious illness that struck him in his early 20s. He is, uncharacteristically for a professional adventurer, seemingly incapable of self-promotion, racking up a series of unprecedented achievements, but almost never bothering to note them as such. He is also discreet to a fault, obscuring most of the identities of people he encounters during his adventures, especially those of women, who were drawn to him, and whose attentions he returned with gentlemanly ardour. A medical mystery, a modest hero, a series of cloaked affections. How could my fascination not become an obsession, and finally a quest? I went to England to decipher the faded ink.